powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to friends, foes, and neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings because what you're about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show. Prepare yourself for pop culture, commentary, and interviews featuring no drama and no controversy guaranteed. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Productions Bunker, it's Derek Duvall! Hello, Duvall Nation. Hello. Hi, everyone. Thank you. Hi. Thank you. Thank you. Please, please sit down. Thank you. Hello, Duvall Nation, and welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. Hi there. Yes, I am Derek, and welcome to another half-hour journey into the lives of extraordinary people. It's extraordinarily hot out there, and whether you're listening to my show on a jog, walking the dog, hiking, or sitting in the AC enjoying a cool drink, thank you for taking the time to give me your attention. Before we get started, I wanted to throw a huge shout-out to Captain Dale Dye, His interview, folks, was one of the most streamed interviews we've ever done. And to be honest with you, I wasn't surprised one bit. What an amazing interview, what an amazing episode, what an extraordinary man. Thanks again, Captain Dye, for taking the time to come on. So welcome to episode 66, and we have a great one for you today. As we proudly claim, we welcome guests from all backgrounds and who have varying careers. Today's a fun one. We have comedian and actor Jennifer Gable on the show. She's going to be telling us about how she got started in her career, some really cool highlights. She weighs in on the Me Too movement in comedy, and so much more. She's an absolute delight, so let's not waste any time. Let's just get her on out here. Duval Nation, rise to your feet, and welcome to the show direct from Los Angeles, California, the wonderful and talented Jennifer Gable. Jennifer, welcome to my show. How has the weather been out in L.A. today? You know, today it's actually it's actually pretty decent for being L.A. It's not it's not that hot. It's not too windy. Mm-hmm. We're kind of spoiled in L.A. I mean, even when it gets hot, we're we're freaking spoiled. We're by the beach. <laughs> I, like I, I tell some of my guests all the time. I used to live in San Diego, lived there for a few years, and I get spoiled all the time when I go back. So I get it. We're paying for the weather, you know. <laughs> At this point, yeah, absolutely. So I always start my interviews with the same question, and that is. How has uh-huh. it been for you to navigate this crazy COVID-19 pandemic? Oh, okay. Um, you know, it's actually, I grew up in an alcoholic family, so I'm, I'm fine with thriving. I thrive in chaos, actually. So it's been not, it's, it hasn't been bad for me. <laughs> um, uh. it's, I've had worse years, honestly. <laughs> but um, no, it's, it's a crazy time to be alive, for sure. It definitely yeah. is. So every journey has a beginning. Uh, where are you originally from and what was it like to grow up there? So I am from um, the Washington, D.C. area. I was born in Alexandria, Virginia, which is just outside of D.C. And um, yeah, I, it was a great place to grow up. And I lived there for like 20 years, you know, what? and then I moved out to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was kind of boring there. I think, well, I think now it's actually more fun because pot's legal. It's kind of made the city more alive. When I've been back to DC, it feels more like, you know, West Hollywood. But um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of military there, a lot of government. Both my parents worked in government. So I feel like the culture of DC is kind of, uh, it's boring. <laughs> like, it's, 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 I don't know. LA, 
York City is definitely more fun than than DC. But fair enough. I've lived there now. But do you have any uh, fun memories from attending the University of California? Oh God. Um. Yeah. I mean, I briefly went to college. I'm I'm kind of a college dropout, to be honest. And and honest, like thing about me, like they they put me in advanced classes. Uh, not to brag, but like <laughs> like I took calculus. No, I was kind of a smart ass in school, and like I kind of joked around in school. It's, I, I can see where I ended up being a comedian because like school, I kind of goofed off and like I, I would skip high school. I was just kind of not into school. Like I got good mm-hmm. grades, but it just wasn't my thing. And I, mm-hmm. I ended up my first college course was was acting actually. So oh, wow. I was always drawn to just yeah, just like being creative. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the acting in a little bit, um, but what I want to say off the top of my head is you're incredibly diverse. You got a career in acting, writing, comedy. At what age did you decide you want to do all those things full time? Yeah, well, like I said, you know how in college they they let you pick your your courses, and so like I said, my first course I chose was acting. <laughs> I guess I decided then, honestly, like even as I was like seventeen, eighteen, I I wanted to make commercials. That was kind of, I wanted to be in advertising, so I, I was drawn to creating and 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 writing then. Do you remember your very first paid comedy gig? Hmm, what was my very? I remember my very first time on stage but the first time I got paid I think it was I want to say it was like flappers it was actually a few years in and it kind of and that also hooked me actually my friend lied to me Erica Rhodes she's a comedian who's getting pretty well known very very talented writer as well friend of mine and she started stand-up she kind of got me into stand-up and uh, she acted like she was getting paid for it I think more than she was so then I was under the illusion that comics got paid more yeah comedians it, we don't get paid that much starting out. And I think actually that's changing recently. Like I'm getting, being paid more at clubs and comedians are complaining more and more and artists as a whole. I mean, you know, the whole writers guilt writers went on strike. And so I think a lot of artists are demanding to be paid now more than ever. And it's, it's slowly happening. So in a world of countless comedians, how hard sure. is it to stand Especially out? Now. Yeah. <laughs> how hard is it to stand out and get noticed above all others? I mean, it can be tricky. I, I think, I think if you're funny, you're funny, you know, and then people will notice and sometimes it takes time. And I mean, for me, I, I've, I, I'm on Twitter and, you know, YouTube and Facebook. I constantly tape my sets down. I post my videos on TikTok and that's, what's nice now, even about zoom, like I was able to do shows in London and Canada on zoom during COVID, you know, and I'm being considered more and more for national spots and, and I've been up for some big things It hasn't happened yet, but it's, hopefully right around the corner. I mean, I'm assuming it'll be, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it just, it's everyone's path is different, but um, I, you know, and a lot of people think it's easier than it is. I, I noticed a lot of people now are starting out and they, even celebrities. Um, I don't know if you've heard TI, the rapper is now doing comedy and oh, wow. I guess he, he got booed off stage. Well, because it's not, I mean, it takes years. It takes like five years to really, to really be good at comedy at least mm-hmm. so but yeah it's, it's interesting the, the business is interesting for sure i know a lot of, where i'm at based out of here in tulsa i know pretty much everybody in the comedy scene here and they're all you know obviously great people they're, they're very funny they're very funny in their own individual ways but mm-hmm. they're very tight-knit as in you know if one gets to open for uh say david taylor something like that they're gonna just completely uh, support that person as much as they can to get more and more attention to hit to that to that 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 part 
and uh, it's it's really a beautiful thing. It's very it's very well. I think the word is synergy, really, if you want to call it that way. But they do a really good sure. job here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you open for a big name, that's that's a thing. I mean, that can help. It it can be it can be clicky. It can be good and bad. I mean, comedians are very competitive. Sometimes right. they stab you in the back. I mean, it just yeah. depends, honestly. Like, there's a lot of drama behind the scenes <laughs> in comedy. Um, but there's there's a lot of there's I mean, it's just like with any industry, right? There's there's bad apples. There's good apples. So, right. um, you can't put comedians into one box. I don't think. You know what I mean? So that was, that brings me to my next question. Then I said, who are your comedy role models? As far as my role, I mean, I love, um, I guess like starting out, I wanted to write clean because it, it seemed like they they got great. I mean, Seinfeld and Ellen DeGeneres were the top comedians. They wrote clean. So I, I try to kind of write and stay clean. So yeah, Ellen, um, female top comedians for sure. Chelsea Handler. Um, I met Sarah Silverman. I love her. I, um, she's a great person. Um and um, yeah, just I guess my role models would be the female comedians that have that have, you know, had great careers. Um, I met Rosie O'Donnell the other day on set. Really? She was she was yeah she was really cool too to talk to her. Wow. That's um, awesome. so yeah, like people like that. I mean, just so many people really I admire. Um, you, sounds like you're very fortunate. I've again been very privileged. I've met a lot of what you would call famous people. And for the most part, 90% of it's been a very pleasant experience, but you get that one or two and you're like, really, really? So. There's always a couple that are crazy. Like for sure. I've met, I've met some famous people. Yeah. A lot of them are really normal and kind of yep. down to earth and like cool, but there are some crazy ones for <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. I had a comedian on a few months ago and I asked her the same question I'm about to ask you. And that is with cancel culture, always looming over someone's sure. shoulder. How hard is it uh -huh. to write jokes in this climate? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. Um, it's just so funny because, I, you know, I'm like, is there really – there kind of is and isn't a cancel culture. It really just depends. I, I almost feel like, you know, there used to be that saying there's no such thing as bad PR, and it kind of holds true. I mean, like I mentioned um, – I mean, a couple of the outspoken political comedians, they're working on both sides now. They're they are actually shooting and working. So I don't know if it's, I think it can be tricky, especially on Twitter. It just seems like everyone's attacking everyone. And like, yeah. I, I had some, yeah, it's happened to me. I've actually put my tweets um, to where nobody can reply to my tweets. <laughs> so I, you know, I just kind of block people out, but um yeah, I mean, I think, I think it could be, uh, for me, I try to just, right whatever you can't please everyone at the end of the day that's the thing especially the more successful you get there's like more haters and it's just part of part of it unfortunately yeah if you're if you're you know some of these things that have happened it's like i, I think it's there's karma and re there's repercussions to 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 your behavior okay devall nation we're going to go ahead and take a quick break but we'll be right back with the conclusion of our interview with jennifer gable Use this time productively. Do some stretching. Refresh the drink. Pay attention to just two friends of our show, and we'll be right back. Hello, this is Erica, host and guide of the YouTube vlog Mon Jardin au Coin. I invite you to join me as we explore the many joys of gardening, such as sowing seeds, raising plants, and the reward of harvesting. If gardening is something you're interested in, or you just want to follow my adventures and receive tips to help any novice break into starting their own garden, you can find Monjardin Oquan on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I look forward to having you hang out with me in my little garden on the corner.
Janae Sergio, arriving. Hello, everyone. This is Janae Sergio, life coach, combat veteran, and best-selling author. I invite you to purchase my new book, Perfectly Flawed, a veteran's journey from homeless to hero. In these pages, you will learn about the lowest struggles of my life to the absolute triumphs that have made me the strong woman I am today. Follow along as I talk about homelessness, my naval role in Operation Enduring Freedom, navigating insurmountable odds, and how I dealt with and overcame them. You can find Perfectly Flawed on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. Teachers, do you ever have these feelings or have been told these things? Do you want Kleenex for your classroom? Maybe you should think about buying your own with your own money. You get the summer off, you can have a second job. Do you really need a pay raise? Oh, do you need to use the restroom? Maybe you can do that in the three minutes while students are changing classes. Boy, sure hope your room doesn't descend into Lord of the Flies in that time. Oh, things are going pretty good for one. Surprise! Budget cuts! Well, you're in luck because we've got a book just for you. Hi, everyone. It's Katie Kinder, educator, speaker, and author of Untold Teaching Truths. I invite you to purchase my book and join this journey as we talk about the wild world of public education. Part memoir, part strategy. It is available on BookBaby, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Teach on Warriors. We've got this. Welcome to Wine Chats with Bildo and Lindalyn. My name is Billy Milovanovich, aka Bildo. My name is Lindsay Kirkwood, also known as Lindalyn. And this is our offensively funny podcast about drinking wine and chatting life. Some of our previous topics include conspiracy theories. I know somebody that thinks the world's flat. What? Like a real person? Yes. Body ailments. I'm going to go from toes up because I have a lot. <laughs> no, seriously, you laugh, but I have so many body this is what ailments. what happens with age, guys. And I know. And orgasms. I'm a little bit frustrated and it just hasn't been happening. I, I'm trying, Henry's trying, we're all trying, but when orgasming is good, it's good. Basically, we talk about all the things that you would generally talk about over wine with your girlfriends. New episodes out each Monday. Chat, Chat soon. Welcome back to the Derek Duvall Show. Let's just get right back into our interview with actor and comedian Jennifer Gable. So that what you said earlier about your Twitter uh, account, mm -hmm. that brings me to the next question, which is how do you, as a comedian, and whether harassment from audience or other colleagues or anything like that? For me, the audience always loves me. It's mostly their colleagues, and it's usually people that aren't going to have a career. They don't have talent, and it's just, you know... <laughs> <laughs> the people that have talent, the people that have talent, they don't care about what other people are doing that have stuff going on. You know what I mean? They're not, yeah. they're not jealous or anything. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, especially now too, there's a lot of, um, I mean, it's, it's tricky and being a woman there, there, I do have to kind of watch out for some abusive things going on that, that, you know, I've experienced and things that are now coming out to the surface, you know, in the industry, um, it's a, it is a real issue. And I, I think, you know, people are trying to not, maybe not just entertainment gets a bad rap, but it's all, like I said, all industries have their problems. It's not just entertainment with like the me too um movement and stuff and also the wage gap i mean yeah 
Yeah, I think they, yeah, hopefully the younger generation. I mean, we're in the 11th hour. There's so many issues going on on the planet. We got, we got to figure some shit out. You know, we got to fix a lot of things, but. I'm actually, it's funny you said, I was, this question was going to come a little later, um, but I'm, I'll just go ahead and mm -hmm. ask it now. And it's a two-part question. And it is, uh, in your years now doing this, you know, being in the comedy mm -hmm. scene, how much has it evolved and how much do you think Me Too has helped change the culture in comedy? Um, evolved as well. Yeah, there's a lot more women than ever. Um, I, I think it. I think the whole Me Too movement just exposed what had already been there. It's definitely helped. Yeah, no, there's like, there's more room for women, and I think the industry as a whole in entertainment. I mean, now you're seeing there's more female showrunners and TV writers more than ever, and um, a lot of female actresses are starting to produce, and so I. So it's really nice to see, you know, and then not, and then um, more people, more non-white people are getting, you know, more opportunities in the industry. And that's that's great to see as well. So mm -hmm. so we're going to go a little more uh, cheerful real quick. What is the mm -hmm, best sure. show you ever did <laughs> and the one that stands out the most? Yeah, on the top, I, I think, uh, well, there's a new comedy club that I love that just opened during COVID. There's actually been three or four comedy clubs that have just opened recently during COVID. And one was the Roosevelt Comedy Club, which which I love doing at the um, Roosevelt Hotel. And uh, why I liked it, because speaking of the lineups were very diverse and there were celebrities and also newer comics. And it's just it just felt like a very eclectic um good variety you know for their for their shows for booking and it it was a great stage i had a blast doing the show recently so who is the comedian working today that you really admire um oh man there's a lot of people i admire. who's god ellie wong again i'm just gonna go with the women because i mean <laughs> i i love bill i mean there's so many bill burr i like nate bergatsky too i admire them you know i like i like mark norman he kind of writes you know in a clever smart way who I, uh, Taylor Tomlinson's a friend of mine. We came up together. I mean, she's killing it. She's she's an amazing comedian. Yeah, that that would be. I, I like Ellie Wong. She's a TV writer. I aspire. So so I've written a pilot that's being shopped around, and um and I want to do more TV writing. I mean, I'm also like you. Yeah, I I do acting. I do stand up. Um, I started out as an actor, so that's kind of where that comes from. But um, I just I really love to write. Writing's like my first love. Um, maybe even before stand up now. But then yeah, so I like it all. I swear, like I didn't send my questions in advance, but that was the next question, which is how often do you get to oh. sit down and write? You know, <laughs> what's your what's your process? Yeah, I um, I just I kind of like my personality is I guess always been kind of a goofball, and I just kind of sometimes I speak before it. I'm just always like like sharing my opinions and thoughts, like I'm just uh, a little outspoken, I guess. And that's part of I think what helps me write is I I don't I don't hold back, like I don't. I'm kind of a, so I'm a free spirit, if that makes sense. It kind of helps me to write. So I want to ask um, you about your acting roles. You've got 22 mm -hmm. acting credits in film, nine in television. Oh, God. What's been the highlight for you in terms of the roles you've been so lucky to play? I mean, I've been doing, so I've been doing a lot of background. I started background and I did, I did student films. I did industrials back in DC and in Baltimore. And you know, the, there's like a, show called chopped on the food network like i was in that pilot like i'm so i've been doing really? all kinds of random yeah i've been doing all kinds of random stuff for a long time like that and just now but just lately i'm being considered for principal i mean it's taken years to really even i just now have two agents i mean it's it's taken years to get that two agents that actually respond to me and email me back and work for me <laughs> it's, been, right. it's been yeah and i'm trying to get more reps right now too but 
I like doing comedy. I mean, I've done drama too. Um, I like doing my own things. I like, I produced a short film and I have another drama film actually. So I, I really, my future goals are to create my, to be a producer and create my own projects. Like I like Michael um, Keegan uh, Key. Is that his name? Yeah. Key, he's like, like uh, there's a lot of comedians who produce now. So uh, they, they also inspire me. So tell us about the experience that was 13 Steps. Yeah, so that actually, so I base a lot of my stories on real life. Um, I pull from, I have like a crazy weird life, so I pull from real life experiences. Um, and to not give it too much weight, it's kind of, it's kind of about a cult. Like I, I ended up kind of in like, it's like a long story. You'd have to watch the film, but it's, <laughs> it was based on ending up in kind of a weird offshoot of a cult, and it is an experience of being there in. That's awesome. It was not well really. received. No, it was interesting. Uh, I, yeah, it was well received. So. <laughs> it's just funny. A lot of things being made now are based on real life. I mean, there's so many crazy stories out there, like about Scientology and about, um, yeah, just so, so many, the Tinder swindler, just all these crazy stories. I met my first Scientologist about two weeks ago, and it was interesting. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was yeah. interesting. Who would you like to work with in film or television? Who's on your bucket list? Oh God, um, Judd Apatow, he makes a lot of cool stuff. I've talked to Judd. I've met Judd. That was a cool experience. Yeah, he makes a lot of stuff. Who else? <laughs> God, any anyone, yeah. Um, there's also who there one of my directors, see, I don't even know if he, he's still making stuff. I feel like some of these people they make like one or two things and then they don't work ever again. Um Baz Lerman, I think he's one of my favorite directors. He's made Ah. Uh, are you yeah. looking forward to the Elvis movie? Oh, he's doing. I didn't hear about this. He's doing yeah. Elvis movie. Yeah, oh, okay. Good. Tom Hanks plays Colonel Tom Parker, and um, I don't know the name of the gentleman who's playing um, Elvis, but he looks the part. It sounds just like. Oh him. yeah, you're right. Here it is. He's a, oh, yeah. very cool. Yeah. Do you still enjoy playing the violin? Um. Yeah, it helps uh, book me on commercial shoots that pay well. So I let I always take that to be considered for those. But other than that, I mean, I don't practice. You know, honestly, it's funny. Uh, another passion of mine, which I've done and I would love to do in the future when I have more time, is DJ. Just put mm -hmm. down some tracks, mix some tracks. I love techno, so <laughs> it's fun. I did that. I did that for three years. It's it's uh it's a it's a blast, absolute blast. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So. As we begin to wind down the interview, what would be the best way for my listeners to follow your adventures online? Oh, yeah. Like I said, I'm all over the internet. If you, It's usually just under my name. If you Google me, Jennifer Gable, you'll find all my links, Instagram, Facebook, all, all that, YouTube. And then hopefully you guys, hopefully I will be in something very soon. So so, so I'll, <laughs> I'll get more established credits. I'm Yeah. So um. the social media game is hard, man. Trust me. I, I know. It is hard. So, so what yes. is next for you? I mean, you've got so much in the pipeline. What's going on? I mean, I can't. I don't want to jinx, but I am up for something big again. So, and they are, a lot of these people, like you said, are asking for strictly clean at this point. So mm -hmm. um, it's good that I've written mostly clean. So I'm trying to put together a set that works <laughs> now <laughs> that I can say, because they, they have stricter guidelines, it does seem like. But that's that's fine. I'll just roll with the punches. Um yeah, I mean, there's more networks now, and so that's exciting. There's more, which will create more shows. You know, um, Amazon, Apple, I think there's like Pluto TV. There's there's new stuff happening, so Paramount Plus, I think. So, Do I dare ask if you've been approached for a Netflix special? Oh, God, no. No, I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. It's really hard to get 
approach for a net. But yeah, it's it's possible that could be the next thing for me. I would I would love that. That would be great. So I want to uh, ask my final question. I always end my interviews with it. The question is this: mm-hmm. If the entire planet was listening to this broadcast, what would be the one thing you want to say to the people of Earth? Be kind to one another. Yeah, just just people are kind. Just uh, life is short, and also have fun. Just nice. Yeah. Jennifer, thank you ever so much for being such a good sport, taking your time out of your, I know, incredibly busy schedule. Uh, this has been indeed a real pleasure for me. Oh, thank you so much. I want to wish you nothing but the best. Continued success, okay? Thank you so much. And just like that, Duval Nation, we come to the end of episode 66. I want to thank Jennifer for taking the time out of her extremely busy schedule to speak with me. Mark my words, folks, we are going to be hearing big things from her for many years to come. I have a great feeling about these sorts of things, so trust me on this. We have got some fantastic releases coming in the next few weeks. I promise you, folks, these are marquee-named interviews. Cannot wait for you to hear them. So real quick, I have been put up on the nominations list for the 10 most powerful people in podcasting. Now, While I am extremely flattered, I cannot do it without your help, Duval Nation. There will be a link in the show notes for you to click and write my name in, along with two other podcasters that you think are truly worthy. Your support, man, would be super rewarding. It takes a village to pull off these shows, and I would really love it to be on that list. So look for the link in the show notes at the end of this episode. Real fast, have you had a chance to check out our website on TeePublic? We have lots of Derek Duvall show-themed merchandise, including mugs, magnets, and stickers. Plus, this is the part we're real kind of proud of, we have a carefully curated collection of t-shirts chosen by myself and Mrs. Duvall, and we are talking things like Norm MacDonald to Anchorman to Pry to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Go to DerekDuvallShow.com, look on the left banner for merch, click that, and you will see a banner link that will take you directly to our store on TeePublic. And we want to thank TeePublic for being great partners with us. On behalf of everyone here at the Derek Duvall Show, I want to say to each and every one of you listening, you are loved and you matter. Nostar, God bless, and see you next time, Planet Earth. This has been a recording of the Derek Duvall Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com, to explore past episodes and find links to purchase merchandise. Please subscribe to our social media channels on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Derek Duval Show.